0: everyone, welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts.
1: And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe in historical order, scene by scene, forever. Uh, we are not stopping until we are skeletons sitting in front of microphones. And then people come in and are like, uh, I'm just going to hit stop. And then then we'll be done. Yeah. Um, until unless we leave it in our will that you must carry on my legacy. You know, like,
0: yeah. James, let me ask you a question before we actually get into it. So hypothetically, yeah. let's say one of us meets an untimely death, like in a week from now. Who are you? Passing the your baton to like who who in your current living will this episode will be like the testament of it. Uh, who in your in your living will here are you leaving uh, your hosting duty to?
1: Um, Tracy. Oh, that's good. That's good, Tracy. Yep. Uh, I feel one. that she, what she doesn't know, she will be able to find out. What she does know, she'll be able to be enthusiastic about. And uh, then she also brings sort of a chaotic, who knows what will happen, energy that. I feel will distract people from the untimeliness of my death.
0: Sure. Um, I think I'm going to leave mine to Brie Larson. Um, okay. Know oh, she's well, okay. A, I know she's a big fan of the show. I feel like Tracy would have a good time yeah. <laughs> uh, working with Brie Larson. I mean, as would you, you know, if I were to go first and like you don't die as well. Right. Sure. Um, but uh, I just feel like, you know, she also has like a good first hand. Mm-hmm. Ideal on the MCU, but also she's kind of like also a big nerd, and again, yeah. huge fan of the show. Which right. thank you so much.
1: Yes, thank you, uh, Bree.
0: We we love you here. So yeah, uh, you know, just 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 text me. You know, like we, we, yeah. n- next time you want to pop in on an episode, feel free. Absolutely, um, absolutely, we would love to have you anytime. I don't have to die just for you to be on an episode. Right. Right, <laughs> exactly, right, exactly, exactly. Uh, well, now that we've had that little fun moment, uh uh-huh. we're gonna go to school. Yes, um, but first, let me tell you about what this episode is about. This is uh, about two thousand nine hundred eighty-eight BC, or you know, whatever timeline right. you want to call that, um, before comics, uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is also still part of the prologue of Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we had a moment based off of this same prologue earlier. Yeah, uh, this is now a few thousand years after that. Right, and by a few thousand, I mean actually quite
1: a lot because many, many, many thousands. Yeah, we
0: first mentioned the beginning of time. and right. now, it's been like millions of years, and now we're at the point. Uh, so the dark elves came into being. Uh, we've had uh, the prologue of the Black Panther, and like, and their, um, their like uh, sort of like world as it began uh, began to grow. Ages right. of Shield, right? And now here we are. We're about uh, five thousand years essentially before modern day. Uh, and we have a very like big, hang on, where's my document? Here it is. Uh, and so this is kind of a, a, big sort of flashback almost, or like a narration, um, from Odin himself. Right. Uh, and so he says, millennia ago, the most ruthless of their kind, Malekith, sought to transform the universe back into one of eternal night um such evil was possible through the power of the ether an ancient force of in- infinite destruction there's two things that i want to talk about from that paragraph alone but real quick i'll just give the sort of oh i forgot to give the timestamp. stamp i'm so sorry oh yeah yeah um so this starts at 43 seconds in uh, on thor the dark world and we're gonna be stopping at three minutes and 45 seconds Sorry, that might be relevant for you to, to, to know yeah. if you're going to also watch with us. Yeah. Um. So at this point, Malekith's right-hand man walks up, tells him uh, in Dark Elvish uh, yeah. that uh, they are— sorry, the Asgard's forces are approaching. Um. And, you know, they sort of start to deal with that a little bit. The noble armies of Asgard, led by my father, King Bor, waged a mighty war against these creatures. There's a bunch of fighting. Yeah. Uh, he, Malikith sends uh, t- uh, tells his right hand man to send in the cursed that's spelled with a K by the way. Right. That'll be the third thing we talk about. Yeah. Um, fourth thing, I forgot to look up. Boar I'll I'll bring him up in a second.
1: I, anyway, I looked um, up. Um, I got IMDb stuff for all. all I have Malikith, uh, Algrim slash Curse and mm. uh and bore Just who they who plays them and, and what they've been. Tight. Playing. Okay. Perfect.
0: Um. Okay, uh, the final moments of this, though, is as the nine worlds converged above him, Malekith could at least uh, at last, sorry, unleash the ether, but Asgard ripped the weapon from his grasp. Without it, the Dark Elves fell. With the battle all but lost, Malekith sacrificed his own people in a desperate attempt to lay waste to Asgard's army. He turns to his his right-hand man that we were just talking about, Algrim, and he says, their death will mean our survival. This war is far from over. And then he just sort of Disappears. Malachith was vanquished and the ether was no more, or so we were to, uh, led to believe. Uh, and this, this is the final moment of it, and it's going to be very important to obviously the entire movie, which is um, they have the ether in their possession, and one of the sort of like Asgardian warriors says, Sire, the ether, should we destroy it? Uh, and King Boar says, If only we could. Its power is far too. Po- Wait, I must have written something down wrong. I don't think it says. Its power is far too powerful. <laughs> I must have written something down wrong. I think it, it's like its power is far too something. Um, bury it deep where no one will ever find it. Maybe it's like Dreadful or, or something like that.
1: I'm looking it up real quick.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. Okay. So th- there, there's a lot of really big things all within this like three minute
1: marker. Its its power is too great.
0: Its power is far too great. That's what. We're okay I'm gonna not that anyone else can see my notes but I'm gonna fix it just for myself <laughs> uh, because I will always thinking think about that I okay before we even get to any of the characters I but let me go ahead and bring something up about like the comics and how things changed between these movies because we kind okay. of we kind of teased it a little bit in uh one of the episodes I'm not sure which one Um, But I I sort of started to bring it up a little bit, and I was like, well, now's not the time. We'll come back to it. So, I think that when they brought up the ether, I'm not 100% sure they initially intended for that to be an infinity stone. Right. And or, this is an and or statement, if they did, I do not believe it was meant to be the reality stone. Power. Power. Yes, exactly. So let let me break that down for you. So technically this is also the first iteration of a Infinity Stone that we have seen in the MCU, at least historically speaking, right? Right, right, right. Yes. Um, in the timeline. Um, and so this is that that's a big moment, I think, right? Because honestly, 23 movies all based entirely in a way around that. Yeah. Um, so the Ether, you mean uh, like
1: on the on our timeline, right?
0: Yes, yeah, on okay, our okay, timeline, Because okay. right? okay, uh, cool. technically, yeah. the very first one would have been uh, the the tesseract, right? Right. Uh, like within the actual yeah. movie uh, uh, yeah. order, but within yeah. like historical order, right? That's what this is. Right. The ether is the reality stone, sort of like confined, right? It is uh, in, for lack of a better term, almost like a liquid uh, form. Really, it's it's yeah. it's a completely different iteration, but it becomes. Uh, something of its own when sort of, like, released in the correct way, right? Right. Um, now, you could potentially argue, maybe, that it was always viewed as a reality-bending item, right? Okay. I feel like they they were lucky that they chose to portray things the way that they did because of, like, what it later became, the ether, right? Yeah. Um, but the big thing here, right, is that it made people more powerful in the movie. Right. Uh, and it was known as like a powerful thing. They're like, it's power, it's far too great. They, they mentioned the word power many times. Now, granted, right. the time stone is powerful as well. Sure. So maybe that's just, you know, a term that we're using lightly in a way. Maybe not lightly, but just like as an over-encompassing thing. Right. But the thing is that in the original comics, the, uh, the red uh, power... No, no, let me try this again. The red infinity stone was power
1: okay interesting right yeah
0: interestingly enough though i've when i was looking it up to to bring it up there have been uh in a way three different iterations of the infinity stones um between the mcu and the comics okay uh so in one iteration uh it goes red power orange time sorry there is a train going by me probably cut that part basically the original order was uh red power stone orange time yellow reality green soul blue mind and purple space um and interestingly enough this also kind of does track in a little bit for uh avengers the first movie okay. right yeah the blue scepter or the scepter has a blue gem and spot on it right right? and that does control people's minds which is very Mm. interesting because then they later on shatter that blue to find an orange stone inside right Right. (laughs) right and i think it's just because again like i think that they were introducing some ideas and some items not knowing that they were going to later on consider them to be like the housing for right. infinity stones. Right. Um I think as they started to find a larger overarching um you know uh story Yeah. Uh okay, sorry. So that's the first iteration. Okay. Then uh there was oh, you know what? There is oh my god. Okay, I'm I've made it even more complicated. Here we go. Uh, So then in the comics, there was a later on reiteration, like as they did a secondary um, storyline about uh, the Infinity Stones. Red became the mind gem. Orange became reality. Yellow became power. Green became space. Blue became time and purple became soul. Okay. Then even later in the same... I think it's the same comic. And I think that they just like, it was like different writers or something, or maybe it was just different timelines. But in this one, the green is the mind. The blue is the reality. The yellow is once again, power. Red is space. Uh, orange is now time and purple is still soul. So it's interesting and fascinating how we've never had the same iteration. Right. Between all these. However, I would say the most popular and probably the most well-known iteration was the first one that I read where red was the power stone. Right. Um, and in all, and also in other, um, works of art, like comic, uh, not comic, I'm sorry, cartoons as well. The red stone is considered to be the power stone in cartoons as well. Um, so the thing is though, is that they then realized later on that they introduced the purple, uh, uh, Infinity Stone uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy and they made that power. Right. And then I think that because they didn't want to make a crap load of other movies to introduce new items, they kind of retconned a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they didn't have the Russo brothers. They at one point were like, maybe Joss Whedon is our guy and then, yikes, whoops. JK, get him out of here, right? And I think that that little bit of shift is probably what caused... The need to retcon and change some things later, right? Because yeah. they weren't necessarily looking for the main, overarching thing. Even though they technically teased Thanos, right? Which again, sorry, that's going to be that's ahead of our time. But I have to mention him just because he's important in relation to sure the stones. Okay, sure. now Rolling that I've been stones. talking for like you know ten minutes straight, uh, right. I I will very 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 quickly get through through this part. So in the movies, the red ether, right? Uh, which yeah. is like the sort of liquid form of the Reality Stone, uh, right. kind of like uh, what what what's the word for it? Not like untampered, but like un um,
1: un uh, unprocessed, un-refined. yeah yeah like an
0: unrefined. There you go. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like an unrefined Infinity Stone. Right. Uh, and this is going to be like the whole thing for Thor Two, right? Like this is the the huge. This is like right. the MacGuffin of right. the movie. Right. 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 Um, but I just basically pictured, oh,
1: yeah. I just pictured Thor and Loki uh, like pulp fiction and they open the the briefcase and it's just the power stone glowing at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, "We good? Huh? We good?" Oh, what? Oh. <clears throat> yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically the re- the reality stone this this is where it gets introduced. Um so the reality stone was first introduced though in the comics in uh Avengers annual number 7 in August 1977 uh this is this is actually very funny to me because the reality stone even on the wikipedia not wikipedia but like on on like the wiki and like all the information for these things yeah what i really love is that the reality stone they are going based off of color and stuff like that um or something or like just i don't even know how to describe this So it's originally the Power Stone Avengers Annual Number 7, August 1977, as the Soul Gem in Thanos Quest Number 2, October 1990, then as the Reality Gem in Captain Marvel Volume 7, Number 126, which is in November of 2017, uh, and then Mm. once again uh, dropped in as the Reality uh, Stone within the MCU. Right. Um, and also now in comics, it is once again, reality. I well, think yeah, 2017 that
1: like is after Thor, Thor, Dark World.
0: Right. So I, I yeah. think that kind of like we were mentioning with, uh, people like, um, I mean, sort of like the comics start to replicate right. what the movies do. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what we're going to start seeing. I think probably from right. now on, you'll never see them change the coloration yeah. again. I guarantee you it will always now be red as reality.
1: Yeah. Um, I have a, I have the, uh, the mini, I think it's the second, the infinity, uh, War Saga, Infinity mm-hmm. Gauntlet Saga. I have the second one, uh, all of them over here, and I'll, I'll see if I can dig them up and see which uh, what my color what my color scheme is for the ones that I'm used to because oh, I only okay. really read that one uh, sure. series. Um, but yeah, interesting. That's so weird.
0: Yeah, and and you know, so like uh, it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's it's made quite a few uh, iterations of comics. So it was you know for the Infinity like Gauntlet. Um and like I, I believe that's actually just the name of the arc if I'm not mistaken yeah and then there's Infinity Watch where they are basically like the Tribunal Adam Warlock and Eternity is there as well I, I'm trying not to introduce too many people here sorry right but basically it's you know it it continues to come back right it's I don't think it's used there but they they mention it and they they have it in their possession in there in the Ultraverse it it makes an appearance. Um, yeah. it's taken care of by the Illuminati at one point. Uh they they the Illuminati is like a secret underground Avengers boy club, basically. Right. Um, and each event each one of the Avengers takes one of the stones to keep them separate. Uh and they eventually get shattered. Mm. Um, it's also known as the Heart of Gaia, by the way. Uh that's another name for it, or the uh Wuxian seed. Uh it, just other names it's been called in other, you know places in the comics uh and then of course finally in infinity wars which is the most recent um storyline where they sort of redo a lot of this stuff um but yeah so yeah uh, there's a lot of details on the reality stone and sort of like its history um and i I won't get too far into the power stone because technically it hasn't been introduced but i do believe that it might have initially meant to be that
1: that's really interesting.
0: Now I'm going to turn it over to you in a second here. I'm just going to mention the characters that I brought up again, and then we'll, yeah. we'll do the IMDB stuff. So sure. we've talked about Malekith. We've yeah. talked about a uh, curse uh, or Algrim. Um, and we've talked about King Boar. Right. I think those are the only characters we've talked about. Although we could also talk about Odin as well, if you wanted to. Well,
1: uh, I have not, I, I did not do Odin yet because we haven't, We've heard him, but we haven't seen him.
0: That's a fair point. Okay, that's fair. We can leave him for later.
1: And I, the saga I watched was, or I read was the Infinity War saga in nineteen ninety two. Okay, um, just FYI, Malikith, Uh, I was very, very surprised. Do you know who played Malekith?
0: Yes, I do. Chris Eccleston.
1: Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. The yeah, so yeah. Chris Christopher Eccleston, who was the ninth Doctor. He mm-hmm. also played Destro in GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra.
0: Really? Okay, I did not know yep. that. That's interesting. I don't he think was, I didn't see that movie, but right. like, I probably would have if I'd known he was in it.
1: Yeah, exactly. He was Clawed in Heroes, whose power was invis- invisibility, and he was Major Henry West in Twenty Eight Days Later. Wait, he was in Heroes. He was the he would. You remember? You didn't see him a lot. He was like invisible for like just plain straight up invisible for a lot of it, and then they like found a way to uninvisible him. And it was Christopher Eccleston. I didn't make the connection either.
0: That's crazy. I actually I think he did was not... French. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay.
1: And then he was Major Henry West in Twenty Eight Days Later, which I haven't seen in a long time, but I'd like to revisit because I remember it being pretty good. It's crazy. Um, and then Allgram slash Curse is played by Adewale Akinoye Agbaje, uh, who was Mister Echo on Lost primarily, and that's what I think of him as.
0: Oh, okay. Because I definitely was like, I know this man, but yeah. like, I could not yeah. rec- I could not place it. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, he was Captain Vervain in the miniseries version of Watership Down, where he played a large, muscular, grayish brown rabbit with dark brown eyes and two small scars on the bridge of his nose. He has darker splotches on a on and a dark muzzle and chest. I only said that description because I think it is wild that Watership Down is all rabbits and like it's just like rabbit war which is hilarious.
0: Yeah, sure. <clears throat> um
1: and then he was Killer Croc in Suicide Squad. Um oh, sick.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah okay.
1: Yeah. I didn't make that connection. Either. Makeup yeah, is a because, hell of a thing. Yeah, that? I was going to
0: say I mean like makeup and CGI can yeah. sometimes easily make you forget <laughs> who you're looking at.
1: Uh he was Major Laser in the Major Laser cartoon show? Yes. Um Which my autocorrect corrected to spell the way laser is normally spelled with an S, but seriously, come on. The Z is the better way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He was Heavy Duty, who is a G.I. Joe team member in G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra.
0: That's interesting. Okay.
1: Um, And then, so in the G.I. Joe comic, Mm -hmm. each G.I. Joe comic had a dossier, I think on a member of Cobra, right? So the issue of G.I. Joe where Heavy Duty first appears, the dossier is Destro. And I was very oh. tickled by that because that's who Christopher Eccleston plays, the guy yeah. who plays his boss in this. That's interesting. Um,
0: what a weird yeah. little parallel.
1: And then he was he too in Ace Ventura when nature calls. And I was like, he was what now? Um, I, I have not seen that
0: movie in so long. So Me I'm neither. i any it's, bells.
1: I recall, I think that the only part I recall I can just bring up in my mind, it's like, you know, lives in my head rent free. Sure. And I'm good, I think, for any of the rest of it. Um Yeah. And then finally Boar, I didn't, hold on one sec, I'm sorry, I, I was so into who he played that I didn't actually write down. Um, That's fine,
0: I mean, while, while you're doing that, I my thing is, I feel like this is the only time we ever hear about Boar or mention, like, mention or see him.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree, it's and like like it's I think his name is technically uh, Odin Borson.
0: Yeah, well, because you're always the son of
1: right or right. daughter so, of yeah, exactly
0: right. So like you know he's Borson why, while Thor is Odin's son.
1: Right, exactly. Hold on, I yeah here he is. Oh, Tony Curran or Tony Curran perhaps. Um, he played Finn in Daredevil, the head of the Irish mafia. Oh.
0: Interesting. Okay. Another double MCU person.
1: Exactly. Uh, He was main black suit agent in X-Men First Class. So who knows? Who on earth knows? Anyone. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, He was Vincent Van Gogh in Doctor Who. That
0: guy? (laughs) Yeah. Again, it's fascinating because, like, again, he's got a big ass helmet on. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. that could have been anyone in that suit. That is right. fascinating. Yeah. Like the way that this sort of stuff works. <laughs> That's crazy.
1: All right. Anyway. He was Marcus in Underworld Evolution. I've never seen any of the Underworld movies, but I guess I could check them out if, uh, you know, I needed to. Um, he was Rod- Rodney Skinner in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, he was basically the Invisible Man. They mm-hmm. couldn't use the name of the actual guy who was in H.G. Wells Invisible Man. H.G. Uh, Wells Invisible Man because it was, like, copyrighted or something. Mm. So they used Rodney Skinner, and Skinner is the name of, like, the street where the Invisible Man lives or something. And then, finally, he was uh, a character named Priest in Blade 2, and I wrote, as parentheses, a vampire named Priest, not a priest. So Really? Okay. Yeah.
0: I thought that that was just saying he played a priest in that movie. No. That's funny that that is what yeah. it is. Yes. And you look on
1: IMDb it's like Priest in Blade 2. I was like, well, Blade 2 could have a priest in it. But yeah, sure. it's he plays a guy named Priest.
0: That's so in, weird.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where I can picture him with red eyes and I think it must be from Blade 2 because all the rest of the pl- things that I would have seen which I've listed here among others, um he there's no reason why he has red eyes. So I think I remember him from Blade 2. But that is who plays uh King Boar the great and wild boar. um, And that is all I have for IMDb stuff.
0: Okay. So uh, I'll work our way backwards here. This is something that's very interesting, by the way, Yeah. um, because I was just kind of curious about this, at least within the MCU. uh, I I didn't do any research on this for the comics. And, but I I don't think that this is going to really matter that much. Boar, right. Uh, Odin's father. uh, He is listed as Boar Burrysum. right Right? b-u-r-i-s-o-n so i was like oh i don't think i've ever ever heard of him right but thor does mention him once in thor the first movie saying since the days of Bor and buri before him we have protected the nine realms right and the reason for that is that buri was the first king of asgard right so it shows how long these guys live oh yeah right i mean like they live like millennia right um so you know uh Bori, uh, was the first king of Asgard and then was the father of Bor, who is the person that we see here fighting Malekith and, um, uh, and the dark elves, which shows that like Bori was there from like the dawn of time, basically until like the mid, I mean, at the very least until like the 200 BCE era, right?
1: 2000. Um, yeah, Yeah. Or
0: 2000, I mean, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, so then Bor Borison, um, he shows up. He's the Asgardian king. He's the father of Odin. So his first appearance in the comics, though, uh, is in Journey into Mystery number ninety-seven in October of nineteen sixty-three. Uh, and interestingly enough, they they uh, showed his death. I think they probably talked about it a few times, but they actually did like a flashback and actually showed his death in April of 2009 in Thor number 600, um, which is quite a while that, I mean, he was probably maybe already dead, but, uh, and very differently shown uh, between comics and movie. Which Um, journey in
1: the mystery was um,
0: was Number 97.
1: Okay. All right. So, all right. Uh, 83 was Thor's first appearance. So that was- I was just checking up on that.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah so he's uh, the, he's the sky father, right? He's the sort of former uh, king, uh, not sort of, he is the former king of, of Asgard. <laughs> he's now uh, deceased. And, you know, so he was, he was there for a bit. He was trapped in the snow for a long time. Uh, and I believe, uh, hang on, it looks like uh, he led the forces with, uh, with his son Odin by his side that's when they fought the Frost Giants, which I'm assuming, like this is in comics, right? I'm assuming this is when, uh, oh, yep, sure enough, look at this right here. Bor promised Odin that he would bother him no more if he took in the son of a fallen king and raised it as his own. Not a week later, Odin killed the father of Loki, who was a king. So Odin took Loki into his house to appease his father and set the events of his own doom into motion, which mm-hmm. I think is very interesting. Um uh, so, yeah. So, you know, basically, Boar was around for, for quite a long time. He was, uh, he's, you know, when you look at like the power grid of people, his yeah. durability is a six and his strength is a seven. Not a very smart man, not a very fast man. <laughs> but uh, he knows what love but, is. A, but a mighty, mighty man indeed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's also uh, one of the few people in like in comic history worthy of wielding uh, Mjolnir. I wonder if that's probably just really something that gets handed down, but I don't know if I've ever seen or heard of Odin being able to lift it. I'm sure he did, right? Because he created it, or well, he not made it, made it, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, right? Sorry, I'm getting off topic. Uh, okay, so that's Bor, uh, and then you know, here in the movie, of course, this is like the only time we see him, and he's he's mentioned again in in movies, right? But this is the only moment that we see him taking the victory over Malekith and the Dark uh, Elf el- army during that first battle of Svartalfheim. Uh, love that word. Uh-huh. I'm going to be sad when <laughs> we no longer say that word. <laughs> and so then working our way backwards, right? So that's Boar, that's the whole family tree line, right? You have Curse, which is sort of what they based some of the designs for, like, you know the other people in the movie, right? And sort of like what they, they dealt with. So when they gave pieces of the ether to their fighters to make them more formidable, make them sort of more monstrous uh, and, you know, give them an advantage. um, They became cursed, right? Mm. He would say set in the cursed, which was um, Uh, K-U-R-S-E-D. And then his right-hand man, Algrim, later on also becomes a cursed uh, and becomes a much larger and badder version of these things than we've ever seen which is, I think, yeah. probably why he just ends up with a nickname, Curse. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, but anyway, so like he's he's still like kind of normal, dark elf looking uh, right. in, in this moment. He has not made that shift yet. Um, right. But he was like the right hand man and, and was there to help in that battle. He's the one that tells him, oh, Asgard's approaching, all that other stuff. And he's the guy that Malekith turns to to say, send them in. Right. And Malekith. This is the, kind of like the the big bad of the whole movie, and I was kind of hoping that he might make another appearance. But you know, uh, obviously, there's a reason why he would not. And that's it's because he's he, well. Never mind, never mind. Uh, that's a spoiler. <laughs> we won't get there. Who
1: knows? Who knows?
0: Malakith was uh, the cruel and malevolent leader of the dark elves. Right? Uh, the one of the basically one of the first races to ever exist within the uh, the MCU. I, I don't know if they canonically are the first or if they're I'm assuming that the Eternals will probably mm-hmm. be considered first.
1: Yeah, Maybe. we're going to have know. we're going to have some uh episodes to do I assume uh come fall of this year or spring of yes, next year we'll, when that we'll probably TV have to in,
0: yeah, this episode which initially was going to be episode 4 is probably going to yeah. end up being like episode 10 or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> hey, that's the that's the beauty of of doing uh, this system. Love it. Love um, it. Um so yeah, and so then in the comics, uh, you know, and I think we talked about this a little bit when we were talking about like the dark elves in the last yeah. time we mentioned them. Uh, very different look between comics to movie, yeah.
1: Um,
0: because the dark elves had like a blue skin, sometimes orange skin, uh, and so like <laughs> Malekith, uh was was blue. Uh, you know, basically like his whole his whole time. I do think it's possible that maybe as whether for the movies or. For the comics later, or I don't know. I think that they maybe changed it a little bit specifically to um keep him away from Cree.
1: Right. You know, and that coloration. Would make sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Again,
0: just in the movies, though, because in the comics he is still blue, sometimes portrayed as having uh like like you know, black, like as in like, you know, absence of all color, not right. like you know, what what we call, you know, black now. Um right. So, you know, so anyway, so that's that's his thing. He first appeared in Thor number 344 in February of 1984. Uh, And now this is a very interesting thing. He apparently died officially in comics. And of course, probably will later on come back. But in the comics, he died in War of the Realms number six, which came out in July of 2019. That's, I'm gonna the double check
1: that the Mac- that's the Macroys wrote some of that
0: they wrote part of it yeah they didn't they didn't write the main storyline they right. they did like the the sort of like side one uh but yeah. yeah, it is yep sure enough it's the exact same uh it's that same storyline um my friend, Mark,
1: my friend Mark has had the i I bought the first issue mm-hmm. my friend Mark bought the rest of them for me, and he has had them because we we're gonna get together in the summer of 2020. And then we didn't yeah. for reasons. So he has he has that. And I bought him uh special Seinfeld edition Junior Mints that I have also had for about the same amount of time. Like it's gonna be a great exchanging of gifts when we finally get together at yeah. some point.
0: <laughs> the, yeah, this this is a pretty I mean extensive, extensive book too, by the way. Uh like the book where he dies in. I'm looking through it because I never actually read the full series, but I'm looking at the the list of characters that make an appearance within within that series. And it's, it's a rife one. I mean, there's a lot of people in here. Um, I mean, like, just, just to name a few, you mean, you have your kind of typical, you know, you have Thor, but then you also have a young Thor from the past, all-father Thor from the future. (laughs) Um, uh, and also all-father Thor from the future in another realm. Uh, (laughs) then you have Thor all-mother Jane Foster. So you have those four versions of Thor. Then, you have Fantastic Four in there. You yes, have uh, cool. you have a couple uh, Avengers. Uh, you've got some uh, Agents of Wakanda. You've gotten yeah. the Jotunheim Strike Force, which is Wolverine, Spider Man, Captain America. Uh, you've got Punisher. You've got the War Avengers, which is uh, Captain Marvel and Lady Sif. Uh, oh, nice. And, and the list goes on. I mean, like literally, this list continues to go on. So it's a pretty extensive wow. book. But, why are uh, the
1: Jodenheim Strike Force, who are they and why are they called that?
0: Uh, so that was part of like the mission of the War of oh, the Oh, okay. okay. So like gotcha. they, they had different teams, which is also right. why like the War Avengers is the name for Captain right, Marvel right. and Lady right. Sif. Like, basically, they just had like some different names right. um, for like the people that were going to go do right. things.
1: Team um, Discovery Channel. Got it. Right, right, right,
0: yeah, Yeah. Pretty much, honestly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Malekith, this is his first iter- iteration uh, in the MCU. This is the first time we see him. And he right. will not, like, age a day <laughs> right? between, you know, your iterations. And that's also kind of, I guess, part of the purpose of the creatures of the other nine realms. Like, humans live, like, 50 years and then they have, like, a heart attack and they die. Right. right. And, like, these guys are like, oh, uh, yeah, I've been around for 5,000 years. You are like, yeah. what the fuck?
1: How well, is and, this And fare? they also, don't they go into, like, cryogenic, they, like, went into sleep, right?
0: Uh I don't know if they do. I think that they do the the Cree did that like, The Cree we were did and about.
1: that that may be what I was thinking of. But I thought yeah. that I thought that Malachith uh, I think I thought they said like he he picked up his ball and went home and like he was able to go into like cryogenic sleep because Oh you no, know, yeah, he you're right. Sacrifices. You're right. They, you're right. They do yeah. say that.
0: You're right. So they, they basically, they get on their ships and they they go away and they go into like a hibernation. So yeah, yeah basically that yeah, yeah. like cryogenesis. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. so they, they they do that until the time of the next convergence, which right. is like, a, again, that'll come back later. And we mentioned it here in this one as well, right? The convergence is when all nine realms, essentially like within the cosmic uh, forces, where they all align. Right. And it's a time where... You know, using the ether, they can essentially unveil it and unleash it, still in its unrefined self, and sort of unveil it and you know uh, release it amongst the galaxy, essentially in its right. like powerful, you know, in its most powerful form, essentially. But uh, it's essentially just an augmentation of that infinity stone, um, and you know we'll see it sort of come into being later. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's. Um, I think it's very cool. Like, he's a cool character. And, like, it's a shame that, like, the movie was kind of eh. Cause I feel like he's such a great actor.
1: Yeah. Oh, Secretary yeah, sure. And, sure. like,
0: I would have loved more of him around. But, like, yeah, it's a, he's a, he's a devious and, like, cruel character. Yeah. Um, he's, like, in the comics, I mean, he's just like, he's unbelievably ruthless. Yeah. A lot of characters, a lot of people that we've seen, first mm-hmm. iteration of a of a infinity stone. I mean there's yeah. a lot to unpack in this episode, you know what I mean? For so sure. like I think that we've hit everything that we need to. Right. But like that's I mean look at how much we covered there. It's crazy. Oh
1: yeah. Absolutely. And then they also have those like T-shaped chips that they basically like Kind of like kamikaze into the into the planet. yeah, that
0: that's how they take down like or how they <clears throat> the the line of like in like their desperate attempt to lay waste right. to the Asgard's army. He just starts like essentially like sinking ships essentially, right. uh, Like right. slamming them into the ground. You know what's very interesting though. You mentioned the fact that they're T shaped. That's a very common thing in yeah. like sci-fi stuff. Yeah, you know, alien races that have ships that are shaped like a T. I don't know what it is <laughs> about that. I wonder why that's a thing.
1: It's because they're extra terrestrial, Colin.
0: Anyway, thanks for joining us here in <laughs> this episode. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at Timeline Scav. That's at Timeline Scav on Twitter. Uh, our email is scavengers at gmail.com. And if you want to find me, you can find me at C-O-L-I-N-M-P-A-R-K-E-R. That's Colin M. Parker. What about you, James?
1: You can find me at Unabashed James. And I just realized that how come I'm not at Punabashed James? And I don't really understand why that hasn't been a thing.
0: Probably not enough space.
1: I think that I have one because I wasn't allowed to do Unabashed Lee.
0: Right. True. True.
1: But You should should figure it out. I should try and figure that out. Anyways, at Unabashed James is where you can currently find me. uh, And that's where I am.
0: And Scavengers Network?
1: And the Scavengers Network... Is found at Scavengers Net. And the other thing that you can do with the Scavenger Network is go to scavengersnetwork.com, Colin. Uh it's Great. a beautiful website put together yeah. by very uh handsome and physically and mentally attractive people. Um <laughs> Thank where you. you can you can find uh pictures of people that are on Scavenger Network shows. You can find players, you can well, you can find players like in the right. pictures, but you can find players for the podcasts on each individual show's page. So you can have like an easy one-stop shopping place for like, if you're like, mm, do I really wanna, do I really wanna give Myth Takes a shot? Let me let me go to the player and, and listen to a couple episodes. Then I'm gonna go subscribe. It's kind of like a nice little taste tester huh, thing yeah. for you to, <laughs> to do uh, on the website. And then of course, there's also a merch store where you can find all sorts of merch for various shows.
0: Yeah. And you can also, if you want to find other ways to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash the scavengers network for just $2 a month. You get all the bonus content of of a whole bunch of shows. Uh, This one included. We at the time of recording have not put anything up there just yet, but trust me, we've, we have so many ideas and plans. James and I are constantly messaging each other back and forth. Ooh, what if we did this though? Ooh, but okay. What, what if we made bonus content like with this? Oh, what if we? Ooh, this would take so much time. But could you imagine how good this would be? So like, there's like just a plethora of ideas. So you'll definitely oh, yeah. be getting stuff from us on this show for sure. Uh, and once again, Brie Larson. Hey. Yeah. At us, you know, just let us know when you're ready. Again, I do not have to be dead for you to come on the show. <laughs> And uh, with that being said, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Timeline Scavengers. As always, I'm
1: Colin Parker. And I'm James Anderson. Excelsior!
0: PodCube. Podcasts from the past delivered to the future. With PodCube's pseudo-linear 4D adiabatic qubit streaming technology, you can select any point in history and record it for personal gain. What was the group dynamic with Australopithecus? What brand of cigarettes did the Spanish Inquisition smoke? Was Leonardo da Vinci a pants guy? Or a shorts guy? You can discover with PodCube. Listen for yourself to the flagship PodCube podcast, Alabaster's Haberdashery. Recorded on location in 1880, simply search Podcube, all one word, in your podcast app. Or visit poweredbypodcube.com. Podcube, the future is yesterday. The
1: Scavengers Network. Creator driven, community focused, treasured content.